And here we go. Welcome back to Snakes, Rats, and Goats, where we talk about cookies and pies every week for an hour. I'm your host, Ryan Elder, and with me, as always, is... Scott Chernoff. I'm completely thrown by your cookies and pies. Is that an inside joke that <laughs> it's I, in the, as the It's in the episode, Scott. Maybe, maybe it's been a few days since you've watched the episode. It has been. But uh, really yeah, that's what been. they... T- I believe that's what Ben said they talked about around the camp instead of going to talk about the game. Well, we're off uh, to a great start. Yeah, already (laughs) off to a good start. Um, Good morning. Good morning, Scott. (laughs) Scott, before we get any further, I want to introduce our guest because I'm excited. Please do. This week, we've got writer for Rick and Morty and one of my favorite Twitter personalities, Katie Delaney. Katie, welcome. Hi, thank you. So excited. Yes. Wow, a Twitter personality. Oh, my God. (laughs) I got to start following you. Oh, you don't know. Yeah, you do. I mean, yeah, go for it. And a writer for, for one of my favorite shows. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. Yeah. Ryan. One of yours? Uh, it's all right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of got me a little stressed out these days, but. <laughs> yeah, you have work things and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, work. You don't have to go to work right now. Oh, are you, Scott, I always work remotely. That's true. Just That's for tough. posterity's sake, why don't we, why don't we talk about that? Um, in yeah. case, you know, a hundred years from now a future person digs up this podcast and As wonders what the hell is going go, on. They, this is the first place they're going to go. <laughs> so I think we're going to have an easier time finding guests now, Scott, because we're all under quarantine. I hope so. That's really the, the silver lining of this virus. <laughs> you know, 2% of the population has to die, but we're going to find <laughs> easier guests. If they knew about this on The Leftovers... Because I believe if you watch The Leftovers, 2% it's of the 2%, world population yeah. I've been yeah. disappeared. About yeah. So, but think about how much less depressing that show would have been if our podcast had been a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So we had a, we, we got a good episode this week, at least. Um, Katie, I don't know if you'll be surprised to know this or not. So first of all, actually, we should ask you before we get anywhere, mm-hmm. um, how many episodes of Survivor have you ever watched in your life? Um, I imagine that like in the first season, I probably watched a good deal of it. But how many years ago was that? Was season one of Survivor? 20. Yeah, 20 was, years. Yeah. So I could not tell you at this point. I remember there's a guy that I recognized when I watched this episode. Um, oh, really? and I was like, oh, I have seen this show before. So, uh, <laughs> you know, which guy was that the host? It, no, uh, well, of course, I, I'm familiar with, uh, well, now we can't, is it Jeff Probst? That's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Good I guess. Know him, but I, I recognize Boston Rob, and I think maybe because I'm from the Boston area, but he's from like season one of the show, right? Well, close. Close. Okay. Yeah. The first season was season four. So, Katie, you okay. might have might have seen. Who knows? I think I thought. Well, do you watch The Amazing Race? Because he's been on that before as well. Oh my god, this guy! We got to talk about him. But uh, yeah. no, oh, I yeah. oh, we will. I we always do. We always do. <laughs> we talk about him even when he's not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Yeah, maybe. Did you recognize him perhaps from The Amazing Race? No, definitely no. not. Never seen it. Well, we just you, a... Should we be calling you Boston Katie? Yeah. <laughs> that might be fun. 
Well, I you may be surprised to hear this, Boston Katie, but this is probably the best episode of the season so far, in my opinion. And actually one of my favorite episodes of the show, maybe ever. Wow. Just because, just because first of all, the cast is incredible, as we, as we know. Yeah, it is a hot take, but there's just so much they jammed into this one episode and it was like funny and like we got some great, we got some great comedy and some great uh, interpersonal relationship issues that we're yeah. definitely going to talk about and, uh, and some good strategy too. And, and look and what there was none of. The no edge of extinction. extinction. Yeah. <laughs> which Katie has no idea what I'm talking about because it wasn't even featured on the show this week. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the the amount of strategy that occurred by splitting it into three tribes and the uh, other amazing thing, and then I want to get back to Katie and her hot takes because she's never seen the show or hasn't in many years since Boston Rob played in season one. Um, <laughs> the tribe swap was one of the most interesting swaps, like the division of yeah. how it got mixed up. Sometimes it's such a non-event for yeah. instance, back when Boston Rob and Amber got swapped in All-Stars and like basically everybody, all but one person stayed on the same tribe. This was uh, quite the opposite of that. We got some of the most interesting groupings. Yeah, and people. a lot of people who were willing to to like flip on their original tribe mates, which is really interesting too. Yeah, but before we get swap. into the details, let's ask Katie... Uh, what yeah. what was your general impression of this? Uh, it was of this um, show. I found it to be very stressful. <laughs> yeah. <at> like, <laughs> what yeah. I recall or what I thought the show was was more about surviving in the wild, and it seems like it's not really about that anymore. And it's just about fucking each other over and yep. playing little games and like being horrible people. Not that you saw <laughs> a lot of that in this episode, I don't think, but the way that everyone talks about each other, I was like, oh my God, like this is toxic. Uh, I really was like, I, there's no way that I could do this. Um, I feel like what I remember from watching it as a kid was that like everyone was like really gross and sweaty all the time and they had to build shelter and, and catch fish and that it's like not really about that anymore. Um well, ironically, we did get those things, but just in, in tiny, tiny doses. Right. Um, there actually might have been more shelter talk in this episode than the average episode. I and did like that where the that guy Jeremy <laughs> came in. He was like, "This is where you guys live." That was funny. Yeah, yeah. Him and him and Jeremy and Kim were uh, George and Wheezy, right? <laughs> they were moving on up, is what he said. Yeah, they were moving on up. That Scott, you you had to really enjoy that a '70s television show reference. I mean, that is right in your wheelhouse, Scott. I was in heaven. I got <laughs> it completely. I, I and then and then I rewatched it a few days later with my daughter, my now eight year old daughter, just turned eight, and uh, she's watching this season. And um, I realized she had no idea what that meant, and I didn't bother to explain it. <laughs> I just let it fly right over her head. I uh, I have a question about the the setup of this season. It's called something winners uh, at war or whatever, right? Correct. Yes. So has everyone who's on this season won Survivor before? Spoiler alert: Yes, you oh got my it. God, this is too much. 
<laughs> it is too much. And on top of that, there's a there's a twist that they didn't even explain in this episode, which is when you're voted off, you go to this place called Edge of Extinction and you have the opportunity to get back in the game and also affect the game through various machinations called fire tokens and other things. Oh my God. Um, but, but, you know, Ryan and I, you know, I've been watching the show for 20 years. And so... Ooh. With all of these people coming back, these winners, it's it's been very exciting for super nerds like us yes. to see it's like fan fiction come to life. Right. And um, that's why Ryan and I, that's why you're here, Katie. Because Ryan and I suspended <laughs> this podcast like two years ago, but we were so excited we we had to talk about these. Well, I'm really happy for people. you guys. That's really Thank exciting. you. Thank you. In these dark times... <laughs> There's one it, thing. it feels like these people are just like career survivors that like the way that they talk about their seasons and, oh, I was on this season with this person, like that that's what these people do with their lives now is like, oh, I'm survivor. Some of, for some of them, that is sort of true. Yeah. For yeah. most of them, they haven't, you know, they're people who they, they played, they won. 10 mm-hmm. years ago, 12 years ago, five years ago, whatever, and that was it. But now they're yeah. back. But there's a few of them, like your Boston Robs. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he's the most extreme example. This is his fifth time playing. I mean, come on. And sixth yeah. season in total because he was on another season as a non-playing mentor. Huh. Okay. Right, yeah. So, so he's been want, on a season six times. That's nuts. If you want to learn some life lessons, Austin <laughs> Robb is your guy. Is, you do know, they one... get paid a lot of money? Like, why does he keep doing this? <laughs> I mean, he must get paid. What like, else do they have to do? Right? Uh, yeah. yeah, he well, just likes well, it. Well, you know, take care of his... How many kids? I have four. If you win this season... In normal seasons, you make a million bucks. If you win okay. this season, you make two million bucks he was also the runner-up once which paid a hundred grand i wonder if the runner-up prize is higher this season oh you gotta think so right i gotta all right no i guess you don't (laughs) i don't know they didn't say anything you're free to think whatever you want thank you i'm gonna think that it is it's all Um, i have left i can't leave my house You know, another little tidbit that you may not know, Katie, because they didn't really mention it, is that Rob's wife also played this season and she was voted out. Was it second? And so she's on Edge of Extinction. And now Rob is going to go to Edge of Extinction and finally get to hang out with his wife again for the last first time in whatever, 19 days or however long they've been there. Well, that's nice. I mean, you got to think maybe that was part of his plan. Like, we'll just go on Survivor together. We'll both get voted off pretty early, and then we'll chill at the <laughs> extinction. I, I, that, yeah. That's what I would plan. We'll chill out and starve together on the edge of extinction. <laughs> is it like hey, is it a nice place, the edge of extinction? Like, what's the vibe like Does there? it sound nice? <laughs> well, no, there's a natural nice. beauty to it, but if you were going to choose an island resort... Do you think you would go to, say, a Sandals or a Edge of Extinction? <laughs> why, is it, why is it called that? Honey, let's go like... to the Edge of Extinction for a month. <laughs> um, it's, they, what, what you thought Survivor was is now what Edge of Extinction yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, okay. <laughs> That's where you starve even I more think... so and struggle even more so. 
And I think primarily the number one worst part about Edge of Extinction is that it's really boring. Yeah. It's what is just... the, like, that's so stupid because it's like you get voted off the show and then you have to do something worse. It's like, wouldn't you just want to go home after you get voted off? That makes no yeah. sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't go home regardless, but usually they go to a hotel a resort, yeah. a sandals. If Those probably. are things I want to talk about too. It, you know, when you guys are ready, I do want to Anytime. talk about the behind the scenes nature of. of oh yeah. We get, stuff. we get into that a lot. And, and actually another thing that we talk about a lot, uh, you know, because Scott and I are both showbiz luminaries. Oh we yeah. Talk about, we talk about the edit a lot and the story they're trying to tell Yeah, because the winner has already been determined and the sh- people making the show know, right. already know who the winner is. Right. So they're they're telling us a story about who the winner is. But please uh, ask away. We're here. Yeah, anything we know, we'll answer. <laughs> There's well, no I, topic related to Survivor we won't talk about. And I and I love that for you guys and for me. <laughs> uh, I, no, I found myself thinking a lot about like uh, when they switch tribes and and they go from two to three. They're just on this like deserted island and i'm thinking how did they like coordinate the boats over there i'm thinking about mainly the pas uh, like yeah. when they are like setting up all those games i'm like and and knocking the boxes over and and uh organizing them and all that stuff i'm thinking about all the pas that have to set that stuff up and what kind of lifestyle the crew is is leading i mean it's they all, all done by jeff probs <laughs> <laughs> he does it all yeah, um, I think it's a yeah. dream. Like, I think it's a dream job for a lot of people. I have some friends that have done it and currently do it. Um, wow. Uh, well, actually, ne- the next two seasons got postponed because of uh, COVID nineteen. But um, it was a film. So now it's, yeah. So that was the first way this virus has affected my life. Mm. Right. Well, it shouldn't affect your life at all because <laughs> I think the seasons are still planning on airing. Yeah. When they were going to air, but uh, yeah. So I think like the job of the people it is to go out there and pretend to be the contestants for the B-roll footage of the challenge and, and uh, the aerial footage of the challenge is all done yeah. using extras. That job is called the dream team. And it's like those people love doing that. And it's a pretty coveted position because I think, you know, you get to do these fun challenges. You have like maybe one or two days of like, actual work and then you have for sure at least one day off every three days well wait i have a question for you then ryan because mm-hmm. we've known for years it was like some big scandal and they first revealed oh shit. again every episode scott i'm plugging it i'm plugging it I am you would not survive on the island it is not me calling you just for a laugh either it's always sam um okay sorry about that katie it's a professional <laughs> operation here <laughs> okay. um so we've known and it was a big controversy you know to some people when they revealed years ago like that they reenacted the challenges with uh dream teamers to do aerial shots where they would reenact mm-hmm. what happened but yeah. do they do they still do that? Because don't they have a lot of drones now flying over? Oh, well, they might not. I don't know. Um, I'd have to ask people. I don't think they. There's need people to I could ask, but do um, isn't the, the helicopter stuff anymore? Yeah, uh, they probably do do helicopter stuff just because they always have a helicopter. Regardless, they might as well use it. 
but um, I don't know. It's a good question. I I I, I, I should ask my ask friends. Ask your buddies. But you know, yeah. for the boats, Katie, it's true they they put them on a boat to take them to their own separate island. And oh, they're on separate islands. Right now, I believe they're on separate oh small islands, and they have rules like after the challenges you know when they get shuttled back to their location they can't speak to one another oh my god and i think that's so that the whatever conversation they have can be on camera and part of of the show um but yeah in the early days of survivor they used to do like these harrowing hikes to tribal council but now i think they just get driven there or boated over yeah what it why what is the need for them to be on their own separate islands? It seems like it would just be like a logistical nightmare, like just so that they don't run into each other. It's like, just get a big yeah. island and put them on different sides of it. You'll probably yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, they have done seasons in other locations where they weren't on separate islands, just the nature of the, of the geography of where they are. But I think in yeah, this they've done case, landlocked they're... seasons. Yeah, I think in this case, and in fact, remember in Guatemala, Danny Boatwright like stumbled into the other camp or something. Yeah, but um, but they, uh, I think it's just that they've got a bunch of really close small islands. Yeah. All right. It's possible they're not on separate islands, but I think the only way to get from camp to camp is likely like either bushwhack through the jungle, like there's no trails or whatever, or take a boat around. That could be. They may be boating around the same island. But, you know, they obviously don't want them to go sneak into the other group's camp unless it's part of the show. Of course, So, uh, So, you know. And people, they especially when you have returning players, they're more likely to break the rules because mm-hmm. they know what are they going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, new players are more afraid, but I, I, I can see them want, not wanting people to go and intermingle. But that makes sense. But, but there are tons of people working on the show, and Hundreds, especially yeah. when you see any behind-the-scenes footage of a challenge, it really uh, is kind of break shakes you out of this dream you're having while watching the show because you see how many people are on the other side but i think when they're around their camps they just have a couple camera people and sound people hanging out yeah interesting i found it really funny that uh two of those people had dated before too and it's incredible think about i watched the bachelor and i was like oh this is exactly like the bachelor that like when you've been on survivor then it's like you go home and you only you move to LA and you only hang out with other survivor people and then right. you, know, you go to survivor events and you start dating and yeah. Yes, I, I, there I is some similarity to Bachelor Nation. <laughs> yeah, which... Survivor Nation. You know, it's really interesting because in almost every other season, they the show makes a really concerted effort to not show pre-existing relationships mm. coming into the season. They like to present it as though the outside world has no effect on the game itself. And but this it also, season, yeah. And by the way, before you finish your thought, just so Katie knows, most seasons it's all strangers to begin with, right? Right. But occasionally right. they have these returning player seasons. But yeah. even on those returning player seasons, they they go to great lengths to make right. sure that the viewers aren't exposed to their pre-existing relationships at least not too much in this case though they are leaning into it big time they've even shown clips of players hanging out 
uh, on other TV shows. Really? <laughs> yeah. In the first episode, there was this talk of a poker alliance and they showed a clip from a poker game, a televised poker game where several of these players met each other and formed an alliance, That's quote so unquote, funny. on that show. Yeah. So it, this it's- just this whole dating thing with Michelle and Wendell is so funny. It was so funny to me. Uh, this is nothing we've ever seen on Survivor. I'm glad they finally have let this side of it in. And I wonder if it's because there was really no other way to that was unavoidable this time. I think it was. I think the downs, obviously the upsides outweighed the downsides, right? Like they might have been able to avoid it, but they would have had to tell such different stories of why people were voted out. And, you know, Michelle and Wendell's relationship obviously matters to the story or they wouldn't, they could have left it out. Right. Like it's going to matter coming up in some way. Yeah. I think it's going to matter that because Wendell is going to get the heave. Oh, doesn't it seem like it? I feel like that's what the editing is, is telling us. It's certainly telling us this story from Michelle's perspective. Yeah. They they really threw Wendell under the bus. He um, did some throwing of himself under the bus. That's I true. Think. That's true. But, you know, uh, they they chose to show that scene. Um, but, yeah. What do you think of that, Katie, that moment where, like, that... So that interaction when Michelle is like, hey, you know, trying to, like, talk to him. And he's like, we don't have to talk right away. <laughs> I mean, it just seemed uh, like we could be watching this truly happening anywhere on any uh, street. <laughs> it was a real slice of life yeah. yeah nothing really changes whether you're in the game whether you're you know at home on the couch it's all the same really human yeah. relationships don't change i uh yeah i love when I, when I, she I, I said know okay. to know like if i should take someone's side or like yeah no. and the thing is i don't either like i don't know they haven't made it public what their falling out was over right and and i suspect wendell was motivated mainly by not he didn't want to talk about their relationship because he didn't want their relationship to be part of the show is my guess right. well yeah but it also you also got the feeling that he didn't that there was a divide as to whether or not like she kept calling him her ex-boyfriend but he right. was just like, yeah, we kicked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, um, <laughs> it sounded like it maybe he was not as into it. But I, I liked when she said, uh, Does this, is this going to be awkward, Wendell? And he goes, nope. <laughs> In the most yeah. <laughs> awkward delivery you could possibly have chosen. I love it. That makes me want to keep watching a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see where this goes. Yeah. What about what? Nick telling Parvati that yeah. she was his crush oh in high school? God. Yeah, like, we got to talk about that whole dynamic. And this guy, Nick, freaks me out a little bit. He's a little you weird know, to begin with. He's very strange. And Can you believe he like, won the game? I mean, I still I can't know, believe what? it. Like, what? What was your impression of? Tell me about Nick, Katie. Um. Well, gee, I don't even know where to start. It's unclear how old he is because he told. Uh, how do you say her name? Pa- Parvati. Parvati. Like poverty, but with like an poverty. R. Parvati. Parvati. Yeah, because when Boston Rob says it, it just sounds like poverty. 
poverty. Oh, right. Sorry. Bequeath. So po- I cannot say her name. Poverty. You got it. <laughs> I don't know why I struggle with that so much. Uh, well, our last guest said Pavardi. If you want to go with that, that that's a more common pronunciation that well, I've heard Pavardi, about. Pavardi, I know. Pavardi is a name of like a very small character in the Harry Potter books, and I know that. Uh, that's sure, it's the same. It's the but same. It's spot. not Pavardi. It, no, no, but it's par. It's Parvati. 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 That's right. Yeah, Parvati. <laughs> Parvati. Right. It anyway. sounds like a kind of a potty that you know, I have small children, so I, that's the what I think of. <laughs> Come on, go to your parvati. Sounds like a potty shaped like a car, you know. It'll be uh, fun. So Nick, well, I was I was thrown because Nick told her that uh, she was his crush in high school, and I was like, how old is she, and how old is he? Because he, if you put them next to each other, I'm going to say he's older than she is. <laughs> Well, like, she's, she's, I think, about 40, but she is... Wow. Um, she looks she's good. an amazing shape. Yeah. She's, she looks basically the way she did when she first played... Um, yeah, pretty close. ...in 2006. Yeah. But um, how old do you think that made her feel? Like, how... No, <laughs> like, really. You know, it's like... That. How, that's sort of a compliment, but sort of a, hey, you're... Just a reminder, you're old now. But he definitely led up to telling her that. Like, he knew that it was going to be weird. But he was only thinking about himself. He was like, like I don't know how to talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, 100%. Yeah. Why was that like, necessary to share? Right. Totally. I would never well, have said that. <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is he let the cat out of the bag at a tribal council a couple episodes ago. About that, yeah, and uh, I think he was worried that it would get back to her that Somebody he had said it. Gonna, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just classic but, office politics and stuff. It's really funny, like, yeah, people just gossip. I guess if you have nothing else to do for most of the time that you're on this island, like, yeah, things like that will come out. You got to get ahead of it. Yeah, and this you was do, a very gossip be used, heavy, uh, used gossip heavy episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. True. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah, uh, there's uh yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> what uh <laughs> this tribe like but if they do go to tribal council, Parvati is in trouble, don't you think? It's going to be Parvati or Wendell. Yeah, but it that does seem trio, like that. that trio of Yule, Nick and Wendell is pretty tight. Like why would they turn on each other? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Parvati or Michelle finds an idol. There you go. Oh, that idol thing was really great. I loved how that girl went like squirreling away. Yeah, put it and, in her like, underwear. Like hunched under a tree, like opening this banana leaf to reveal this idol. It's really funny. I, I like how they. Uh, it's sort of it's an interesting mix of like the world of the show and 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 but not denying that we're in the year 2020 and, and people are talking about, you know, the modern world. Like, I don't know, like they're all dressed in like shitty, like gym clothes <laughs> and the, the set and, and the idols and the, this and the, that is all very like, uh, 
you know, Disneyland yep. Jungle Cruise vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're voting in like a hunter's cabin yeah. in the 1800s. And... Like they're, one of the guys that was voting, he like put his vote in and then he was like struggling to close the lid of yes. the box. I was going to talk about that later. He was like wandering around looking at, at like the set, the little uh, props on set. I was like, oh, interesting. Like, this is sort of novel to them too. Or maybe that guy's just a weirdo, but. Well, that's been a pattern for Adam this season. <laughs> he seems a little lost. <laughs> I think he, was, he was obviously looking for an idol, right? Like I if think... they're going to hide, if they, there's all these knickknacks everywhere, which is by the way, new for the voting area. Mm. There's usually not that many knickknacks. And so I think he was just like, let me just take a peek here. They might hide an idol back here. Why not? Yeah. You know, how many yeah, but he also, Go ahead. Kate. I, I, want, I just wonder how many idols are like hidden in this show. Like, are there just always too many? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you it's could be usually one. one per tribe okay. um, to start. Yeah. But okay. So there's so many things I want to talk about directions we're going, but like speaking of the idols, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk for a minute about, um, I forget what the tribe name is, but the one with Sandra, Tony, Kim, Jeremy, and Denise, the okay, movie where yeah. they moved on up. Now, yes. the edit was really trying to make us think that if if they go to tribal council, Sandra's in trouble. I agree. However, Sandra has an idol. It's good for one more tribal council. Sandra has an idol if she knows to play it. And why wouldn't you play it if you can only play it if it's your last time? Yeah, you're going to play it. To be for able sure. to play it. Now, Kim has an idol. Denise has an idol. Jeremy has safety without power. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that tribe is full of advantages. So if they go to tribal and everybody uses their advantage, Tony is toast. Unless he finds an idol in the the next episode or something. Wow. Then what would happen if everyone had an idol? I'd kind of like to know what would happen in that circumstance. Hmm. I think they would just say all right nobody's going home great episode (laughs) probably yeah but there have been katie a couple times where everybody but one had something Mm. and it was as a viewer as a fan it was not fun the show i think jeff probst and the producers they loved it but it was not fun to see somebody get sent home even though they weren't voted out yeah someone got sent home without at final six, right? The Without ha- ever That's having received, by... right? Go ahead. They didn't Sorry. receive a single vote the entire season. I'm getting riled to be voted out. That somebody because <laughs> it was a returning player season. One of the most beloved and best players in the show's history, who's never won and could have won that season, got sent yeah. home in sixth place because she was the only one without an idol or advantage. That's terrible. I agree. We all agree. Yeah, I think most fans agreed, uh, but Jeff sure did love it. Let's um, talk about Jeff when you guys are uh, ready. Yeah, go about. for it. Let's talk about Jeff. Yeah, how, how much do you know about him and his life? And like, do you think he <laughs> enjoys this after twenty? Years? I mean, he's been doing every season, I gather, right? Yeah, yeah. I know a little bit about his life, but not much. But I know that he. I believe he does really enjoy it, but there was a period of time where he didn't and mm. he was kind of making noises about leaving and he was trying other things. And 
somewhere along the line, he had an epiphany that this is what he does, and this is the greatest job he could have. What? I said maybe it was a financial epiphany. Well, he's also the showrunner. So So the epiphany... Yeah, the the epiphany happened right around the time they made him showrunner. Let's just be honest right. yeah. about that. But he uh, but he started to I believe from every time I hear him interviewed, like genuinely he's into it and he loves yeah. it and he loves being the showrunner and he kind of because he used to I mean he he's actually directed a couple independent films and I think he had what he thought were bigger ambitions and at some point I think it occurred to him that he had hit the jackpot and has an amazing job. And now that he's the showrunner, he, he has a creative outlet. So I think he's super into it. Well, that's good. I mean, definitely being uh, promoted to showrunner would do that, I guess. Keep you and making moves that you, yeah, you, I mean, you run the whole show. Why would you you get promoted to showrunner of Rick and Morty, Katie? (laughs) Please include Gearhead in more episodes. <laughs> that is, that is to you. Yes. That just a fan of the show. I'm just a fan of the show requesting uh-huh. more Gearhead. He's a great, <laughs> a great when character. I, when I'm the showrunner of Rick and Morty, I'll I'll pop on Twitter at the end of every week. Let's say every Friday, and I'll say, "What do you want to see next week on Rick and Morty?" Give me your answer. And the, answer. And the and fans, then, yeah. and the fans will say. More gearhead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And more songs too. Let's do yeah, more of those. <laughs> yeah, more original songs. <laughs> How about Gearhead sings an original song? Then we're all happy. Well Gearhead <laughs> did sing. Gearhead <laughs> did sing a song already. <laughs> oh, that's true. I did. <laughs> My very first appearance. All right. <laughs> there we go. Okay, never mind. Never yeah. mind. We've done it all. <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh, boy. But, but uh, what do you think? I mean, Tony, I, but maybe they won't go to tribal. But, I don't but, think they're going to go to tribal. Again, or they would have told tribes. us about this. Two they would have warned us about going. this possibility. Yeah, two that's true. Two tribes are going. Yeah, good point. It wasn't clear to me whether two tribes are going to go separately or do one of those Fakakta combined tribal councils yeah yeah we're talking about the next time on by the way uh yeah. i love which... your guys just hash it out it's really fun <laughs> it's well... I, I like your passion for this show I'm, I'm not being facetious i really mean like it's it's funny to uh hear you guys talk about it in such like a it's like you're part of the show because you're thinking <laughs> the same stuff as everyone else and like what kind of moves are being made and talking about the meta aspect of like well, they're showing us this person, so that means that they'll be in this part and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the sad part, Katie, is that we're not just talking about it right now. We're thinking about it almost every moment yeah. in between episodes. Yeah. And on top of that, there's a Australian version of the show going on right now that also has an all-star season. And they have three episodes a week, so I am just completely overloaded with oh my. amazing Survivor um, I have never. I I haven't watched the Australian Katie. I'm not. I'm not a total dork like Ryan. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, if I didn't have kids, I would be using this self quarantine time to uh, 
to binge that show. That, that'd sure. be a good use of, good use of your oh self content. There's so many shows I want to binge, but those kids they just won't let me. Mm. They're what in the other room right now. They're in no school. It's crazy. It's the Lord of the Flies over here. So this this period of time is definitely a good uh, reminder to myself that I don't want to have kids. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Learn from me. Yeah, yeah. Look, they're wonderful. Yeah. They're adorable. They're fun. I love them. But, you know, come on. Enough. Come on. That's enough right. already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want okay, to. I want to. There's another on. thing I want to talk about. Yeah, I, there's something else. While we're on the subject of what's on the show and what isn't on the show, I'm jumping around and I'm jumping to Boston Rob's new tribe, the Yara tribe. And just, I'm jumping the gun with this conversation because we haven't talked at all about, you know, the buddy system and all that. But I want to make, there was a pretty. Interesting observation made by Rick Devins on another Survivor, on the RHAP Survivor podcast, Katie, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you follow Rick Devins' every word. Yes. But there's a very interesting point that is totally true. He said, you know, because this whole time they're playing it like, well, we got to trust the wink. We got to know. We haven't had a yeah. chance to talk. We talked to Adam and Ben right at the beginning, and then we haven't been able to talk to them. Except what Rick pointed out was, if Boston Rob is doing a confessional where he says that nobody can leave the tribe, he's not with the tribe (laughs) at that point. Yeah, so, there's flaws in the buddy system. Let's I'm just thinking that maybe there was a big opportunity for them all to talk. Yeah, I think you're onto something. (laughs) (laughs) Was it like a boat situation where when someone's giving an interview, like the others have to like get into a pod or something and not speak to each other? (laughs) No, No. because they, especially when the tribes are bigger, like they were at the beginning of the season, there's 10 people. They're doing confessionals literally all day. They'll pull you out for an hour, two hour at a time. Like there's just no way to to keep, they wouldn't get any show at all. And, And another thing they do which they didn't do here, at least if they did, we didn't see it, is they'll say, okay, you two go get water. We need to get you two talking. Yeah. And they'll like contrive to have two people walking to go get water and then they'll have a, get a good conversation between them. Um, they also will recreate idol finds. If someone if they someone found an idol and it didn't wasn't on camera, they'll have the person hide it again and go find it again and get their completely earnest reaction shot. <laughs> That's Things like that. I got with the girl who found it this episode. I, I understand that she had already found it, but the way that she like ran away to like open it up again and look at it, I was like, okay, this was <laughs> definitely yeah. planned. They had the camera there and they <laughs> had her come around the corner and kneel down. Yeah. For sure. I did uh, love that t- t- shot where she found it and shoved it into her, into her pants. Yeah. And then, and then Ben was like, all right, everybody empty your pockets. Yeah. What yeah. was that about? That was some controlling shit is what Why? that was about. What is the need to empty pockets? Because uh, if someone finds an immunity idol, you want to know. Oh. Uh, so, so he was just saying like, everybody's saying they didn't find it. All right, let's prove it. You know? Oh. That seems like um, not cool. 
But I, Scott, I cheered when Sophie found the idol. <laughs> I was so excited. Sophie's one of my favorite players yeah. this season and maybe ever too. Uh, certainly one of my favorite winners, I think. And I'm really rooting for her. And when she found the idol, I was really excited. That's nice. Yeah, I was happy for her as well. I mean, Kim also has one now. So Sophie, Kim, and Denise. And so Sophie our, knows where two of those are. Our winner picks are looking uh, yeah. better and better. Okay. Yeah, they are, right? Like Kim and Denise are about to form an alliance. Well, Kim's on an upward trajectory, which is great. So you have Kim as your winner pick and I have Denise, right? These, yeah. are, our pre, these are our preseason winner picks. Yes. Uh, uh, so I was pretty excited when they formed a little alliance, even if it's not real. I think you it never know, be real. But... I mean, well, it's interesting, yeah. like Kim... It wasn't like the tribe with that Rob's on. Like Kim wasn't didn't seem to be spilling everything. Like she was, she was just sort of hinting. Like yeah, I don't think I, I shouldn't say much, but I don't know if I trust them totally. She said that to Jeremy, right? I think so. Yeah. But then Denise, she was much more open with. So, I think there is something there. You know, you never can tell when someone is like hey, I want to work with you. And the other person is like, yes, of course, if they're telling the truth, right? The only way we know is if we get a confessional where they say I was lying. Um, That's why I would not just... want to be on this show. It all sounds so stressful. Yeah, A lot of people it's do stressful. have PTSD for a while and they have yeah. trouble trusting people. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you but know, it's... it's fun. You have to be into that, right? Like you have to be into deception games. and And I think... I think for some people, it's just really fun. Totally. And, for and certainly for most... You mean? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> for sociopaths, it's fun. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sociopaths like Ryan, who has played like fan-made versions of Survivor over the course of a weekend a few times. Yep. Ryan yeah, loved it. Times. I was going to ask I... if you guys have, have thought about what your own strategy would be if you were to go on the show. Oh my God, way too much time. I've spent way too much time thinking about that. <laughs> I never, I, I would never had a desire to go on the show, but I, I have thought about my strategies. But most of my strategies are, I think, would now be considered not winning strategy because mine is all about underplaying and mm. like, like uh, doing things in secret. But now it seems like if you've done a bunch of stuff, and nobody knows about it, they're not going to vote for you to win. Right. You you have to play your game slightly out in the open these days, or you don't have the resume, as they say. Uh, my one by just like being very nice and open. Oh, sure. Yeah. Most of these people, actually, most of these people on this cast won by being very nice. That's um, well, that's a part of it. It's definitely a huge part of the, so they call it the social game, right? It's a huge part of a winning strategy is it's being someone that's being, really likable. Forming real relationships and how you form a relationship with somebody that even you're going to vote out, but can you do it in a way where they still feel, they still like you and they understand right. why you did what you did? That's tough. It is. It's a metaphor for life, Katie. I know, right? Damn. <laughs> That's why we watch. <laughs> I used to think I'd I had like a, a winning strategy and I could easily, you know, 
do well at one of these games. But then I actually played and realized, oh no, um, I'm I'm too insane. Like I just play way too hard and too obviously. So the only way I could ever win is if I won challenges all the way to the end. So now my strategy would be to just be as entertaining as possible and get asked back to play again. Mm, and I would okay. get my million by playing like five times. And, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> that's okay. the only way I could do it. Did I did I hear that you've done like you said you've done like weekend versions of this? Yeah. So there's these live reality games they're called. They're just people throw them. There's a guy in Los Angeles who throws a uh, one day version. My friend, Matt Pavlovich, um, and it's called Survivor LA. You can watch it on YouTube. I played season three of Survivor LA and I got voted out third. It was not good, but I have since played like six other games and done significantly better. Um, and you're and doing that in person? Yep, it's in person. The the one I played was at a park in LA. And then I've helped him. I did one in Minnesota last summer that was three days. We stayed overnight That's twice. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, really stressful, though. Yeah. Really stressful. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go, but I'm yeah. <laughs> your season. I, wa- I watched his Minnesota season, Ganny. Yeah, and um, yeah, he played, he was pretty insane. I'm yeah. always proud of Ryan. I'm proud of everything he does. Yeah, I oh, was yeah. rooting for him, but and he lasted longer than I thought because there were a couple times I thought for sure he was a goner. <laughs> yeah, it was not a good. It was not. I was put in some bad situations. But. but then the third time I thought he was a goner, he was indeed a goner. I was indeed. Yep, third time's the charm. Um. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about more about this episode of Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to talk about, and I think, you know, Scott, our preseason winner picks are, uh, you know, Denise and Kim. But I think we've all, we've both coalesced around a new winner pick based on the edit. And that's Yule. Yule or Sophie. Right. I think it's one of those two. I would say Sarah is coming up in the Sarah rankings as well. Sarah is coming on super strong. I'm kind of afraid Sarah might win again. Well, I want to say that I think Sarah, my opinion of Sarah's game has gone up so much this season. She yeah. is playing so well. I agree. Uh, I but agree. My, my main point here was to talk about Yule. And we didn't get a ton of Yule this episode, but what we did get was him, the whole sequence in the beginning him talking about uh, how he's playing for Jonathan Penner and Penner's wife and uh, that whole thing. And that was like some really, really, first of all, they never have the players talk about things outside the game that are still part of the survivor community like that. It's pretty rare. Yeah. I was so taken aback by that. That, That's how the episode started. I, I was getting really emotional. I was like, I don't even know these people. What is going on? Is this the yeah. <laughs> It was very emotional. Yeah. And it was like, you know. Um, and did you see the PSA with Penner and his wife? No. I don't I don't think I saw that. Was that the end of the episode? No, it was in the first commercial break. Oh, okay. So I didn't watch it with commercials. Um, Nor did I. Yeah. Well, so. you guys are living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so tell us about the PSA then, because we didn't see it. I mean, it was Penner and his wife. Um, and, you know, she is on, on a ventilator and, and is paralyzed. So it was very 
sad yeah. to see. It was yeah. very difficult to see. And it was very short. It was just Penner saying some, you know, generic PSA thing like, you know, people with ALS are struggling, you know, Stacy and I, this, and not, I'm not dismissing it. It just, it wasn't groundbreaking what he said. It was a quickie, like, you know, join the fight against ALS, donate, you know, go to this webpage at survivor.com slash something and donate. Wow. I I think like, um, but seeing her and seeing them together was pretty powerful. And I made my daughter watch the commercial. So I, (laughs) I used to shield her from things like that, but she watched the segment and then that PSA came on and I, I, I let it play. And I said, like, before I fast forward, I was like, I want you to be very grateful that you're healthy. Yeah. And hit, hit her for the first time, really. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it was a really poignant moment for sure on the show and, you know, more and not to get not to get too meta and cynical about it, but I think again, it's just more evidence that Yule is probably the winner of the season. Like that he got to be the narrator of this, you know, his connection to the Penners is why, but also like, you know, we're meant to really like Yule, right? Like, although I was surprised they didn't include him saying that he wants to donate his money. If he, yeah, to, I know. Cause he does. Right? He has said that in many interviews. Mm. That if he, and wow. he said it before preseason interviews, that if he wins, uh, I, although I did read an interview, they did an Entertainment Weekly, Dalton Ross stood with him the other day, the day that episode was going to air. And they, he said, did you rethink your thought of donating the money when you found out it was a $2 million prize this year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think Yule is well, wealthy beyond the million he won in cook Island. Oh, okay. i think he well yeah he's a millionaire he Everyone involved with, like, google and no but i think he like got in on google <laughs> know, and facebook early on so he can afford to make that kind of a pledge but yeah i mean it was they included the segment and it was yule's only content this week even after the swap we didn't really hear from yule because there was so much going on with um wendell and Michelle and mm-hmm. Parvati and Nick, mm-hmm. Yule was kind of lost in the shuffle there. We just got a bit where Parvati, where Yule was saying that uh, his wife is a fan of Parvati. Oh yeah, that's all we got. Um, Parvati's but, still there, man. Parvati's Parvati's so good. Like she came in and we were shown right away she's making connections with people, even though they were weird connections. Yeah, you know they were like secondary, third, tertiary level connections, like. She still plays a great game. You also, oh, sorry. And I think that tribe is poised to win every challenge. Probably. As Wendell predicted, they'll just win out. But, but she, you saw kind of how a little bit of how she works with making connections, how good she was, regardless of Yule and Nick, like she just starts questioning people, Mm -hmm. not about like, like the others did what happened on your tribe. She starts questioning like, who are you? What's yeah. your deal? What's your story? Yeah. And when Wendell was kind of like, uh, you know, I build furniture. And she goes, okay, so Wendell's a locked vault. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and that forced him to, to open up and be like, well, I mean, I, I'm just slow in getting to know people. Yeah. I, yeah. You could see how she wastes no time in kind of getting deeper with people. Yeah. 
And it seems earnest too and authentic. It doesn't seem like she's just building a trivia list of everybody's personal stats everybody to like rattle off later. Everybody who's been interviewed who's played with Parvati says that when she's talking to you, you feel like the most important person in the world. Mm. It's a good skill to have. <laughs> Katie, just so you know, Parvati is considered one of or the best player in Survivor history. Really? Yeah. Interesting. She's, she's in the sh- on the short list of the best players ever. This yeah. is also her fourth time playing. Wow. But she is her 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 she came in sixth place, first place, and second place, which is a pretty unparalleled um, record at the game. Yeah, crazy. Go party. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I think we covered most of the episode. Do well, we haven't to... talked much about what went on on Rob's truck. I mean, we're we're sure. burying the lead here. That's true. The yeah, legend, let's talk about the, the buddy system of Boston Rob yeah. and his buddy system. And I want to say a couple of things. So we've been, it's like this whole thing like, well, Boston Rob is old school. Can he keep up with the new school? Can he adapt? I think it's all bullshit. It's all a contrivance, Ryan and Katie, Boston Katie. (laughs) I mean, first of all, he's, I don't know how, I found an idol with a clue. These other people can know how to find them without a clue. It's like, dude. You found an idol in season 22 with four clues. Sophie played in season 23. She just found an idol without a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Good how, do point. People, how do people who've never, ever played the game and step in in season 38 or whatever find an idol? Yeah. It has nothing to do with being I'm old telling you, man. school or new school. That is that there's not there's I can't uh, if you're old school, you'll never be able to keep up with the pace of the new school game well what if you're just stepping in for the first time nobody seems to have a tr- have trouble keeping up with the pace it's a fair point i'm there telling you, you man as soon as amber got voted out the life was just sucked out of rob i don't think he cared anymore mm. i agree he was so and then when they got to the challenge or the actually the tribe swap and they saw he saw that tyson was voted out oh yeah you could see even more he was like i'm i'm just done it's not going to happen for me. He gave up. And, and I wonder, was the buddy system the best he could do? Was it a Hail Mary pass? Were there other options for him? I, I think mean, he, he wanted to do it because it allowed him to be the laziest. <laughs> you know, like... Sitting <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah. But even then, like, couldn't he have done it? Like, somebody said, what if he instead... Uh, you know, uh, had them all playing games and having fun. I know, right? Like, there's so many. W- so, first of all, the buddy system is never going to work on a season with all winners. It just isn't. These right. people know how to play the game. It worked on his season because he had a bunch of dumb sycophants around him that he could, you know, that he had he had worked on for weeks and weeks and weeks to make them loyal to him. Uh, it's not going to work with these players, especially not someone like Adam who has already shown that he's a complete nutcase. It was very telling when he said, and I thought, and I like this moment of humility when he said, I, I underestimated these players. Yeah. I thought they're not as easy to control. I underestimated everybody. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Well, he, he kind of did, but that was a rare admission from 
the the Rob father, you know, totally. Yep. He realized, like, I think he came into the season the last time he played, he basically ran the whole game, and I think he came in thinking these people are idiots. I'll I'll run it again, and then he got in. Went, oh my god, all these people know how to win. They all know how to play the game. Yeah, my, and you know, my tricks aren't going to work on them. Right. He's also not a dummy, and he saw that literally every vote except for one or two um, so far has been to weaken him, <laughs> you yeah. know, to vote out his allies. So he knows, you know, they're not going to let me win, um, regardless of what I do, probably. So I, I can see that. But I liked when he showed up with a, immediately with the new tribe. So what happened with Amber? Who voted her out? <laughs> Who voted out Amber? Was it unanimous? And then Sarah very smartly threw Tyson under the bus. Yeah, genius, by the way. I he's was gonna all, point that he's out already there. gone. Yeah. That was really smart of her. Yeah. So it was a unanimous and then he was like, Okay, so it was it unanimous for Tyson? Like, did everybody yep. avenge Amber's death? Yep. <laughs> you know? And 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 Sarah was able to tell him exactly what he wanted to hear. It was genius. Um now, why do you think nobody got up and just said, I'm, I'm not doing this, Rob? We're going to play the way we want to play. Do you think they were afraid maybe he had an idol or advantage and they wanted to lull him into thinking they were playing along? That's, I, the only that's a reason. great question. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Katie? Do you think he, do you think that maybe they did do that or? What? That they did like, what? just well, got up and talked anyways and we just weren't shown it or well there or, was that, that they that the girls went well first of all the i was really kind of mad at boston rob at first before i remembered he was talking about uh the boys sticking together and icing out the girls and i was like i don't like this at all <laughs> but then i realized that it's just the way that the tribes came together that the girls were from right. the other right guys yeah that, a while so i kind of forgave him after i remembered that but it was still a very strange vibe but there was that point that the girls were like well we're just gonna go get some water and then they got up and went and i think that's uh some girl power for you right there They're like, <laughs> yeah well this i mean this episode is really good for basically all the women it was like they were all featured really in cool ways. And so many women have advantages in the game right now. And honestly, they're playing just a better game overall. Like mm. the, the quote unquote bad players right now are all men. Like no, basically Adam, <laughs> Adam and Ben are a uh, little, little teaser for the segments of my, my, uh, my take on, on this is just Adam and Ben just played this so poorly. And, we're um, going to talk about that later. That's a yeah, teaser. I'll talk about that later. Oh teaser. my gosh, I'm yeah, on pins and needles. I know. The, um, we'll get to it, but... Another tribe turned out to be boys and girls, you know, from different. Mm. Uh, the one right. with Harvey and Michelle. But we were wild watching it with my wife, who Katie is, you know, not a super fan of Survivor, but she watches it because I do. Yeah. And so she doesn't, you know, care about it or think about it the way <laughs> Ryan and I do. But we were watching it and when Rob was instituting that buddy system and everybody was stuck there, she was getting angry. She was yeah. like, she was getting all riled up. She was like, this is so insulting. <laughs> yeah. These people are winners and he's treating them like children. <laughs> I was like, wow. Why was Rob like the de facto leader of the tribe? Is there an actual... 
Like, <laughs> was he decreed the leader or people just no. look at him and they're like, we have to sit here? That's the power. That's what we, that's been the topic all season. Why are people just following Boston Rob's orders? In this case, I think it benefited Adam and Ben, right? The less, if Rob doesn't want to talk to anyone, that's great. He's the one who's getting voted out. You know what I mean? Like he, then he's not figuring out that he's the one who's actually getting voted out. Yeah. Do you think Rob was truly blindsided? No. no He had to know that at least there was a chance. And if so, like he could have, could it have worked differently? Could he have shown up and just been humble and told Sophie and Sarah that he was ready to turn on the other two? Absolutely. He could have done that. But would it have been, well, he could have, but I mean, would it have been successful? Do you think they would have even entertained it? I, they would be fools not to at least entertain it. Right. Like he's such a big shield. Like he's such a big target. A lot of people want him out. Keeping him around is not the worst. Right. Like the thing is, if you vote, if you blindside Adam or Ben, then whoever's left will absolutely join you to vote out Rob in the next one. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Like, but they didn't need to do that. They both have advantages. So they're going to win the next one anyways. Um, but yeah. uh and yeah, I, I think like keeping Rob around would have been kind of smart for them. So if their tribe goes to tribal next time, who who goes, Adam or Ben? Uh, uh, I'm going to say I would think it's going to be Adam. I think probably Sophie wants to work with Adam and Sarah wants to work with Ben, if I had to guess. Just based on who they're probably more comfortable with. Right. And the one with the hat. That's Ben. Uh, ben. The cowboy yeah. hat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What'd you make of him? I I I mean nothing really because you don't really see much of their in this episode their personalities. But yeah. for some reason I feel better about uh, Ben than Adam. I I did not get a good vibe from Adam at all. He seems shifty eyed. He was just kind of he's like, wild eyed. <laughs> he is wild eyed. That is just really off putting. <laughs> as if if you were playing the game with him as a viewer, it's great. It's funny. Right. Um, but yeah, he's yeah. he's he's been uh, a, a wacky this season. To be honest, he's been a marked man from the very first episode. Like it was going to be him the first episode, and he managed to switch the target. And then every single episode, he's been out of the loop. He's he's really playing poorly and in a hilarious way. It's great. <laughs> oh man, I would say I, I would say actually, Adam is the only one left who's actually playing the game badly. Like everyone else has is doing the best with what they have, but Adam is just creating more and more problems for himself. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but he's memorable, that's for sure. He's been a lot fun. I feel like there's no way he can win, partly because we've been shown so much footage of him this season, of him being weird mm-hmm. and in a funny way, but weird, that we weren't shown the season that he won. Right, exactly. In the season but, he won, but he I bet he was control. being just as weird. Oh, for sure, right? <laughs> but that season, by the, if you remember, that was millennials versus Gen X. By the way, that was How a theme of a season, oh Katie. God, I know, gross, right? Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and a- he was, 
he was on the millennial tribe. And so they were all, all the millennials were insane players like this. They were all just like playing really hard, like um, Jay and uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Michaela. Michaela. Like they just played really hard. And so I think that was like a really good season for him to be on and win because everybody was playing that hard. Uh, now though, this, you just can't, most of these winners did not play that hard. You know, most of these winners know when to pull it back. Right. There's a few that don't. Tony, for example. Well, Tony's been pulling it back this season. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, You know, one thing I'm sad about, Katie, is you didn't get to see more of Tony because he's actually one of the most entertaining players ever and certainly the most entertaining winner ever. The guy is an absolute nutcase. I I couldn't pick Tony out of a crowd at this point. I know. He's barely in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was the one talking about lions and hyenas. Yes. Right. Yeah. That was his big thing. (laughs) The lions, the lions got to vote out the hyenas or they'll circle around us. Because I don't (laughs) want to get killed by a hyena. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. How did he determine who were the lions and who are the hyenas? Yeah. He was saying Kim was a lion. No way. Right. Well, I think he meant big threats. Sure. I know what he meant. Yeah. And Kim is a big threat. That's true. He correctly assessed that Kim was in the middle. He wasn't completely fooled that she was on his side. But how about Kim catching that eel? How about that eel? That was cool. That big old eel. That was enormous. And then someone else was like, it's delicious. Yeah, Yeah, Sandra. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have much Sandra this week either. Yeah, I know. Some of our favorite players were just not featured well in this episode. Mm. Sandra is the only person who's won twice, by the way. Oh, wow. She's most likely going to be sharing that title with someone now after this season. But, you know, maybe she'll win a third time. We don't know. But she's like one of me and Scott's favorites players. We talk about how great she is. I would love it if she won the season. I know. It would be (laughs) just the best. Nobody could ever catch up. If if she wins again. Seems fair. She'd have four million. Yeah. Three million this time. Oh, she should get three million this time. Oh, yes. Are you the only one who's playing for three million? Yeah. Yeah, That'd be so funny if they put that target on her back. You'll get an extra million for your second win or another extra million for your third win. Did you know, did you guys know that if Sandra wins another time, she will have made more money off Survivor than Jeff Probst? No. (laughs) That's a lot. What? (laughs) Completely impossible. (laughs) I have a feeling he makes more than a million per season. Just a feeling. Uh, anyways, Kim, yeah. Early on, in the season, Kim had a tough beginning of the season, but if you remember, there was a certain point where she said, "There's an upward trajectory for me. There's a way for me to turn this around and start moving up." And that's when I—that was our clue, I think, that that's what would happen. Yeah. And now we're seeing it happen. Yeah, Kim's in a great spot. She's going nowhere for a while, she's for sure. Great spot in my heart. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to our? weekly yeah. segments yeah let's do that let's give them to something to drool over scott um let's <laughs> do let's go on to these segments uh okay we have these th- three segments we do and uh why don't we start with hold up bro hold up hold up bro. Hey, hey, hey. Well, my- 
Hold up, bro. This is the uh, this is the segment where we say what at what moment did you go? Hold up, bro. And you had to rewind your DVR, your CBS All Access, your uh, file yeah. that Ryan sent you, your illegal link. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a me. This is a question for me specifically. Well, we're, all gonna for all, we're all going to answer. We're all going to answer. I, I can start while you guys think. Oh, I've got. I know. Got I've mine. got mine this week. I th- I was so I felt so guilty about last week. I thought I thought about it. But go ahead, Katie. Please. Well, I just you know I brought it up earlier, but I definitely was not sure of what show I was watching just from the get go, and I think my <laughs> hold up. What was it? Hold up, bro. My. Yeah hold up bro moment was like this beginning segment where they're talking about uh als and and showing this really sad footage of those guys hugging and um <laughs> just yeah it, it was a hold up moment for me because i it just seemed out of the tone of what i was expecting for the show but in the end like a a, a very lovely sentiment and, a, and an emotional moment but uh yeah not what i expected yeah, that was, I was thinking like, I wonder what Katie's going to think of this. Cause just to basically start the episode with this was just like, so not typical for the show at all. Yeah. Yeah. Go but ahead, Scott. Was, I, well, I already talked about mine. We, we, we ended up, I think Katie brought it up. I watched a few times, Adam trying to put the top onto the urn after he voted. Yeah. And then I know there's a theory maybe he was looking for, you know, afterward that maybe he was looking for an idol or something, but he just looked so bewildered and lost. Yeah. The whole you know time. what it reminded me of is like, I don't know if you guys have cats, but sometimes when a cat like falls off a table or yeah. does some bonehead move, they like lick their paw like, oh, I'm just cleaning myself. I'm just doing this. Like he couldn't get the top to the thing on. And he's like, oh, I'll take this moment to look around, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Why couldn't he get the top back on? <laughs> it was on. And why did it have to be perfectly on? And and also, my, yeah, like, my guess like, is that everyone has a problem getting the top back on, but they only show us the people they want to undercut, that right? Could be. But I mean, we saw in in prior weeks when he couldn't get his torch into the hole, and when he couldn't, there was something else. Oh my god! No yeah, the... and and I thought. Well, could it be that he's playing dumb to try to underplay himself? But this moment that was not seen by the other players yeah, right. confirmed he yeah. was not playing dumb. He just has trouble with spatial relationships and like getting things to fit. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they want to show us this about Adam because Adam is kind of like the he's really the only kooky player besides Tony that we have, you know? Yeah. So I loved it. It was great. (laughs) I love that too. My hold up bro moment was actually a really piece of what I thought was really great editing. Uh, It was when everybody is searching for the idol and they're, and it's Rob doing a confessional about how, you know, what we mentioned earlier, how he's doesn't know how to find idols, whatever. And he's saying like, these people are really good at the game. They're really strong and they're really smart. And right when he said the word smart is when Sophie finds the idol. And I was yeah. like, that's such a nice little moment editorially to like really punctuate her finding the idol with the word smart like that. Because oh. Sophie is sort of known as a smart player. It was also a great... Um chain uh, uh, it was a new way to present somebody finding an idol yeah usually so it doesn't 
there's a big buildup and there's music. And, and it's there's, their confessional explaining the why they need an idol, usually. Right, right. So it was almost like, oh my God, she just found one while Rob was talking. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was more exciting. That, that was a lot of fun, yeah. Nice. All right, uh, let's do Ill Regrets. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. regrets. All right. This is Ill Regrets. Who do you think is going to have ill regrets about a choice they made, a move they made? And uh, Rob, Boston Rob is not eligible to receive this award. <laughs> okay. I'll go. I, I thought about it. I'm so proud of myself for doing my right. homework this week. Yeah, good job, Scott. I think Nick should regret telling Parvati <laughs> that he had a crush on her in high school. Good one. Yeah. That, that's one that uh, that he could have kept to himself. You know, this is really a learning experience for me because I usually tell everyone that I had a crush on in high school when I meet them. So now I'm going to stop doing that. Sure. <laughs> I think I mean, uh, similarly, uh, mine would be this Wendell. What's Wendell and uh, what's her name? Michelle. Michelle situation. You guys were talking about it earlier and it did kind of occur to me that it it kind of, I mean, it's more to the audience than to the people playing the game, but that Wendell trying to downplay their relationship is just not a good look for him. You have to be honest about, yes, totally. like, if you don't think that you guys were dating, like you need to respect that she thought that you were dating and like, let her like feel that out. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to the game at all, but now I have a little bit of a worse opinion of Wendell as a viewer because he said, he's he um is not really meeting michelle where they should to just like reconcile whatever happened i agree and i think it 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 stems from the fact that he just would he want he preferred that this whole topic didn't get brought up but you know talk to her ahead of time then right (laughs) if you don't want it brought up deal with it and and like resolve it before you go out there don't just go out there and hope or if he didn't know for sure you know she was coming you could, like she said, or you're not going to talk to me right away. You know, when he's like, oh, we don't have to talk yeah. right away. How about the opposite? How about go up to her and say, hey, I don't yeah. want things to be awkward. Right. I know they totally they, we, you know, had a had a rough time there for a little bit or whatever. Like, I, I you know, whatever you got to say, I know that, you know, I respect you. I'm very fond of you. I hope we get a chance to talk it through while we're here. You know, something like that. That would be nice. Yeah, that would have been the the upright citizen thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was interesting because she was like, Wendell, he just thinks he's such hot shit. And, you know, it's like really painted Wendell in a different way. And I could We've see We've never that. seen him like that but at like, all. But, mm. but then suddenly I could see it. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's like totally. really like attractive. He's really successful. He won the game. He must have gotten like really cocky. And and I will say just to bring in the outside game again, the outside world, somebody who was it I was listening to on a podcast, uh, Rob <laughs> Sesternino, believe was talking to uh, Nick Majorano. I think it was Nick <laughs> who was on Michelle's original season, and he was trying yeah. to be diplomatic. If it was him, I'm thinking of, and he said, "Well, I'll just say this: every time I've seen Wendell in real life, he's with a different person from Survivor." Hmm. Interesting. Like he's dating a different person? Yeah, I think he's a player. Mm-hmm. And I never really realized that he's, you know, 
he might be kicking it with as many women as he can. Yeah, yeah he's got really strong legs. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, for all that kicking. From all the kicking he's been doing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, maybe Wendell got really cocky after winning the game. Or yeah, maybe that's a good deal regret. I like maybe. that one. Players don't know how to stop playing sometimes. Yeah. Don't well, hate so, player, Boston Katie. My, <laughs> my ill regret I teased earlier, it's I'm going to give it to both Adam and Ben. I think it would have been in their best interest to stick with Rob. Uh, at the end of the day, it would have burned them. But they could have tried to blindside one of the, uh, you know, I, I think they could have successfully blindsided. All you have to do is just do everything you already did that got um, Sophie and Sarah to trust you in this episode, but then just put a different name down. Right. And I think they should have tried to blindside Sarah or Sophie because the situation now is not good for them. But wait, right? you just said that if it, that they would have gotten burned if they did what you it's possible they, they would have, but they also could have voted one of them out with an advantage in their pocket. You know what I mean? Um, cause right. The, because the, and let, you know, there's a ton of stuff we didn't see, I'm sure, but you know, they got Sophie and Sarah to trust them obviously. Right. Because Sophie and Sarah didn't play their advantages. So whatever they right. did to get them to trust them, they just do that, but then put a, put Sophie or Sarah's name down. In this case, it would have been Sarah. Cause that's what, they agreed on ahead of time, right? So they could have right. blindsided Sarah. Like it was definitely possible. And I think it would have been better for their game ultimately to blindside Sarah because now I think they're in a lot of trouble. Granted, that's being a little results oriented because they don't know that Sarah and Sophie have advantages. Um, they probably think, oh, maybe we can get one of them to vote out the other one if we have to go to tribal again. Because going into a four situation is really, really challenging, especially when it's two, two like this. Like it's really just comes down to who has an idol or who has an advantage. Do you know what I, I mean? Think they were so tired of Boston Rob. They were just itching to get rid of him. I know it's crazy, but I think you're right. But, uh, but don't, it's such a hard call because at some point you have to get rid of Boston Rob. But at this point he can't find idols. Right. You know, he's, he has no allies in the game. There's no reason to keep There's no reason to get rid of him right now. But you have Amber who could have been sending him advantages or idols. Uh, yeah, that's true. You, you don't can't, know that. You can't find idols until you do. Right. And then <laughs> suddenly your edit is completely different. So yeah, that's I, a fair you point. Know, I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's a dominant well, yeah. player in, in history. He's even when he hasn't won, he's been you know, he's dominated his tribe. So, well, it's, and it's, he's it's annoying. He's <laughs> annoying. And that's, that's often the best reason to vote someone out. Hey, right. Hey, Ryan, stop it with the annoying. <laughs> Tell me more about your favorite carnival foods. <laughs> Cookies and pies, Scott. Have um, you ever had a Twinkie? <laughs> oh, that's right. They were talking about fair food. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will admit think of anything that he could think of. I will admit that food talk has to be super common because the yeah. time I played where we literally went without food for just 24 hours, that's it. Um, we did food talk like a ton, <laughs> like sitting around the campfire at night. There's nothing else to talk about. Everybody's there. So you can't talk strategy. So you just talk about like, oh, what's your favorite pizza place? What's your favorite? You know, you just do food talk is like totally a way to spend the time and connect with people. 
That's going to be our next podcast. Food talk. Food talk. Yep. Well, We're going to just talk about food. Have me on um, the too. We'll but, have you on, but you can't. Have, we don't want you to have ever had food. Exactly. Our guests <laughs> need to never have eaten. At least not for the last, you know, twenty years. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on to our last segment here. Um, this is getting loud. Who got loud this week? Who stood out in a good way? Who, um, yeah, who do you think might win? Or, or, or uh, you know, who won this week at least? Hmm. I had a tough time. I thought about this a lot. And I ended up on Sophie. Yeah, but it's a good choice. I thought she played her situation well and she found the idol. But I didn't feel like anybody really super stood out. Oh, man, I think Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, for me, got loud big time. And my main reason why, and, you know, Sophie and Sarah, both really great. Obviously, they flipped the tribe to their advantage. They, you know, Sophie found an idol and Sarah knows about it. The real thing that I, the reason why I think Sarah is the real winner here is because she got away with not telling Sophie about her vote steal advantage, at least that we were shown. Right. Um, and so her having that in her back pocket while Sophie has the idol means that Sophie will use her idol next round and Sarah gets to keep her advantage. Yeah, that's true. I did notice that as well. Yeah, that like that's so good for Sarah. Yeah. If they needed to do something, Sophie was going to burn her idol, even though the this was probably the best scenario to use a steal of it. Well, next week would be uh, would be just as good. Right. right? In a 2v2 situation, stealing a vote is awesome. Um, but yeah, a 3v2 situation, even better. Um, so yeah, I, I loved Sarah is blowing me away this season. I wasn't a huge fan of her, you know, and I thought she played a great season when she won, but I wasn't just a huge, I just wasn't a huge fan of her as a character or whatever. Well, she wasn't a great character and she wasn't, she, she was brought back to a season called Game Changers, even though she didn't do anything interesting her first time right. and right. she won against weak competition. So, you know, but this season, I agree. We're seeing how good of a player she is. I agree. I've been seeing some hot I, I takes that reluctantly agree. I've been seeing some hot takes on Twitter that Sarah might be the best modern player. Uh, I hope that those takes aren't coming from people who are spoiled on the season, but, uh-huh. um, but you know, you know, you never know. I don't think they are, but, uh, I think she's playing an incredible game so far. So good for Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who stood out to you in a positive way? Yeah. It's interesting having no knowledge of this at all. Uh, Sarah didn't really stick out to me in any particular way. Um, I think maybe because he's someone that I saw playing the game a little more uh, boldly than others. That guy, Jeremy stuck out to me as someone. Sure. Oh, okay like openly making moves and asking questions and sort of like being out there in the world. So I don't know. I mean, I guess that doesn't even really indicate that he's doing a very good job, but I just noticed more than other players that he is like playing the game. Yeah. Well, no, he's for, good. He's, he's I love good. that pick for two reasons. One, I think it's a great pick. And two, we haven't talked about Jeremy, so you're helping the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, Jeremy's a great player. He's one of those players that uh, won simply because he's really good at people making people very comfortable. Mm. And, and I think we saw that 
in the brief few things we saw of him in this episode. Yeah, I, he coming to that tribe. He it was just him and um, who from from his Denise. original Denise, right? The silent one. And so he, so he's Willem thinking. Willem Dafoe's sister. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Willem Dafoe's sister and Wheezy. Um, <laughs> they so that you know he's thinking he should be thinking, Oh, me and Denise are screwed. Right. It's three versus two. Right. But he didn't come in panicky. Mm-hmm. He came in like, I'm going to get information. I'm going to figure this out and there's going to be a way for me to move forward. And I thought, you know, that's Jeremy's best quality is he doesn't panic. He's just very comfortable. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. I would, f- I, I, I feel like I would feel very safe with Jeremy. <laughs> Absolutely, Aww. yeah. And you could wrap those big arms around yeah, you. Yeah, I would take him as a lover. <laughs> Very sweet. I think we all <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that at least. Yeah. Um, um, he'd be a great dad. He is a dad. Like I would like to have Jeremy as a dad. He seems oh, and totally. a lover. And a lover. A dad and a lover. <laughs> That's maybe pushing it. All right, if you say so. <laughs> Whatever. I guess you're old school. <laughs> All right. And Katie, after viewing this monstrosity, yes. is there any, what's your overall thought on this show? And would you like, do you have any interest in finding out who won or in watching again? I know that some of it appealed to you as a bachelor fan. Right. Like would, and now that you've seen this, are you like, I'm good. Or are you like, I might tune it again to see what happens. You know, I think, well, we're in a new world all of a sudden where uh, the number of hours we have to watch television is kind of... <laughs> That's true. So it's I might check it out again, but I think um, under regular circumstances, this probably isn't my show. And I think uh-huh. that it has to do with like, I watch reality TV to watch stupid people say stupid. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, right. by the way, you normally get on this show mm. of at least a couple stupid right. people. Right. But this season was all winners, so you know none of them are stupid. But yeah, yeah. I, I, um, it's like there's enough sort of undercutting and scheming and stuff that happens in real life to me, and like I don't want to spend my leisure hours watching people do that kind make those kind of moves and stuff i i'm not a really a in my life i'm not super uh competitive or into um i mean it sounds stupid to say but like i don't really play board games or video game you know i'm not like a strategist so i think it would be a lot more interesting to me if i was that type of person but i'm really not i just like i like to watch especially reality tv to um, remind myself that I'm smarter than a lot of people in the world. And like, it's like, I want, if I feel like my apartment is messy, I'll watch hoarders and be like, Oh, it's not that bad. Or like, <laughs> I'll, I'll I like that strategy, a dieting show, you know, I'll watch like my 600 pound life. If I'm like feeling bad about having like eaten, you know, poorly for the last week, it's like, I, I watch everything as a mirror for my life to sort of like make myself feel good which is my own thing that I should probably go to therapy about, but I don't see survivor giving me anything uh, that is like useful for my own psyche. <laughs> sure. Like if you're ever like run out I think of food. A therapist, right. I think your therapist would say that it's, you're dealing with these issues in a healthy way. Oh, I don't I'm think glad. you need to go to therapy. For this. Yeah. Scott can be your I'm therapist. Giving you the <laughs> I'm giving you the off there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we that. do have a fourth segment where Scott is your uh, the therapist for our guest. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, right. you're gonna have to reveal a lot though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, on that note. I think we've said it all, possibly. We've said it all. We've said it all. Well, Katie, where can we, when you know you are a Twitter personality, as Ryan said, where on social media can all of our zillions of fans find you to hear your latest uh, observations and to keep <laughs> up with what's going on in, in your yeah. world and the art that you create? You can find me on Twitter.com at Katie Delaney. And uh, it's the same on Instagram, although a lot less content over there. Um, yeah, just follow me and enjoy the ride. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think I've ever been, you know, more uh, delighted to follow somebody with that with that <laughs> promo. All right. Thanks, Katie. Really appreciate you uh, talking about this. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. And Ryan, can we still find you online at Ryan Elder Music? Yes. it's mu- yep. You do music, right? Right. That's what I do. At uh, Ryan Elder Music. That's where you can find me. And Scott, we can find you also at Ryan Elder yeah. Music. Katie, um, I prefer that all my tweets be sent to at Ryan Elder Music. And then I will forward them along to at Scott Chernoff. Yes. Yes. You may Perfect. do that. <laughs> Yeah. And you're free to follow me on Twitter, but you know, you know, you're not a Twitter personality. You're so. not going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> you're not going to enjoy the ride. Enjoy every ride. Some rides are just a, you know, a, a way to get from here to there. That's yeah. true. We That's shouldn't true. be enjoying any rides right now. We're supposed to stay at home. That is true. Guess yeah. who went to Disneyland a week, uh, two weeks ago? Oh my god! This guy. The guy who's carrying the guy on this podcast who's carrying COVID nineteen. We'll find out soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a little bit of a cold. <laughs> we thought about not going, but you know, we had free tickets. Ryan, what do you want from me? Look, you know, um, we'll just—I'll get all of our past guests, and we'll do a big podcast in your memory when you die. So that would be so wonderful. So and now you talk- can't die because this will be really toned up. <laughs> you would talk about like when I got loud and what my words <laughs> are. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, you guys. Have a great day. Stay healthy. And we'll see you hopefully uh, on a more timely fashion. Sorry we were a little bit late this week. I blame Ryan. That's a fair thing to blame because it was my fault. All right. Bye. Bye. Tribe is spoken. Now I'm going to put out your little lamp with my lamp stopper. <laughs>